Arguments About Nothing is brought to you by Noisy Air Conditioning. If you can't stand the heat, don't podcast. Welcome back to Arguments About Nothing. I'm Shelby Samsel. I'm Hannah Bennett. Um, And we're going to kick things off with everyone's favorite segment, a Kate's Corner. If you are new to the podcast, Kate is my little sister. She is Hannah's little sister. She's your little sister. She's President Joe Biden's little sister. <laughs> she is everyone's little sister. But she is particularly my little sister. Yeah. Um, and if you don't know this show, we do lots of fun hypotheticals. Yeah, if you've never listened to us before... Arguments About Nothing is a show in which we discuss silly, hypothetical situations seriously, as if they are something, when in fact they are obviously nothing. So, so what does Katie want us to fight about this week? Well, before we, we get into that, let me just say what a pleasure it is to record with you having your brand new computer. Oh, yeah. I, we usually start this thing off with like, 30 minutes of technical difficulties. So um, so this has just been great. Um, yeah, I got a new computer. Uh, and instead of an hour's worth of technical difficulties, we only had about 15 minutes worth of technical difficulty. <laughs> so was that uh, worth the amount of money I spent on this computer? Who's to say, really? <laughs> I, um, I'm to say, and I'm going to say yes. <laughs> It will compound over time, I'm sure. Um, I'm yeah. very happy. I will say that I'm not currently seething with rage, which is usually how we kick off these episodes. Right. <laughs> so exactly. Hopefully, either I'm going to be in a less less punchy mood, or I'm going to be far more pleasant. And pleasant may mean agreeable, which is not good for the show. <laughs> yeah, actually, maybe I should do something to enrage you really fast. We'll work uh, on it. Yeah, we'll, we'll yeah, workshop yeah. it. We'll figure out some sort of annoying ritual uh, to do. <laughs> we should, like, do a hangry episode where we, like, commit to not eating for five hours before we record or something. Oh, no. You don't want that from me. <laughs> Quickly. That's how our friendship ends. <laughs> well, listen. Let me go ahead and take us right into Kate's corner. Uh, Kate's question this week is actually a bang, Mary kill question. Love it. Love that so uh, this is another kind of segment that we typically do on the show. So she's preempted our segment with one of her own. And let me tell you, it is a very difficult one. Okay. I don't have a bang, Mary kill this week. So this is really perfect. Perfect. And I can't, I don't know how to answer this. Are you ready? Yeah. Maya Rudolph, Kate McKinnon, and Amy Poehler. Oh, I have an immediate. Really? Oh, yeah, this isn't hard for me. Okay, well, let's hear it. I'm going to ba- bang Kate McKinnon. Like, okay. Immediately. That's She's the got obvious that energy, choice. doesn't she? I, I think that would be a tale for the ages. Like, I just, yeah. Um, if she, Yeah, I think that she would really be a creative sort in the bedroom. <laughs> and that is, it would be like but- unlike anything I've ever known. But they all would be. I mean, they're all creative, talented ladies, you know? Kate McKinnon has, like, 
a certain amount of crazy in her eye that she I did. feel like yeah. <laughs> the other two don't. Um, and I want Amy Poehler to be my wife. Clearly. Okay, that, I mean, that I agree with you on. Yeah. Amy Poehler has to, to be the wife. And unfortunately, Maya Rudolph will be dead to me. I wish she, we could, like, have a scenario in which Maya Rudolph just becomes our next-door neighbor. <laughs> like, oh, see, I'm going to bang Maya Rudolph, I think. Tell me more. I I have to agree with you that Amy Poehler, you have to marry Amy Poehler. I mean, and, and it really is because of Parks and Rec. And if you haven't seen Parks and Rec, what have you been doing with your life? Um Kate McKinnon and Maya Rudolph, that's difficult. I clearly, I don't want to kill either of them. Mm-hmm. No. Wonderful but ladies. I feel like Maya Rudolph has a little bit of a sensuality to her. Um, True. You know, she really does. She's got, she sings a lot and she's like, I don't know. She's got this like mischievous little glint in her eye. And I think I'm a little bit Not more, more than... Not more than Kate McKinnon, though. No, no, no. But like you said, Kate McKinnon's got a little bit of crazy in her eye. It's a little different. I think I'm more into, like, Maya Rudolph's sensuality than I am into, like, Kate McKinnon's crazy, personally. Oh. Um, so two things. I want to marry Amy Poehler not because of Parks and Rec, but because of her craft show with Nick Offerman. Oh, Because okay. she just does crafts all the time. I was like, she's so handy. And, like, cute and loves the aesthetic. And I'm, like, very here for it. I feel like if I was married to Amy Poehler, I would just, like, live in, a, like, a whimsical dollhouse um, <laughs> with, like, this wonderful little encouraging happy yeah. lady who just right. believes I'm stardust and can do anything. Um, and that is the energy I need to be surrounded by at all times. Um and like yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I totally see what you're saying about uh, Maya Rudolph, but like, have you seen Ghostbusters though? Yeah, yeah, I have, and and Kate McKinnon is fantastic in it. I just I and I trust me, I don't want to kill her. It's not my preference, but I don't know. I just I think Maya Rudolph. She's got this sort of like sultry attractiveness I like her voice I think is part of it I think a big part of it is just how much I like her voice so I forget the movie slash tv show but there is a movie slash tv show that talks about how like there's like a quote that's like you don't marry the man you have that you've ever had the like you don't marry the man who you've had the best sex of your life with because that guy's in jail Uh, (laughs) and And that's kate mckinnon and that's how i feel about kate mckinnon where like she is probably the most likely of the three to end up in jail which makes me think that she would be really good in bed and thus that is why i want to bang her once just for the story of it i get that i do i do understand it but i think there's something softer in maya rudolph that i think she would have like better aftercare you know oh sure and i i'm into that so i'm not (laughs) (laughs) i think this is revealing more about us than any question we've ever asked before and i (laughs) don't and i do not want to explore anything any further no follow-up questions do not follow slide into our dms 
nope, don't add us. And we're done here. Moving on. <laughs> Shelby, what are your questions like this week? Great question. Uh, so the, the Olympics are happening right now. Yeah. Uh, so I have an Olympics-related question. Excellent. There have been some, like, really... Um, like, obviously, it's crazy because of COVID. Like, I don't know if you've been following the big stories, but uh, the Philippines just went, won their first gold medal ever. Wow. Which That's is very exciting. Ex- yeah. Or maybe their first gold medal. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure, but I know that a female weightlifter won a medal for the Philippines in a really nice. long time, which is very exciting. I think one of the divers from China, she placed second. And then her boyfriend proposed to her right after she got oh. off of the the metal stand, which was really cute. Wow. Wow. I have not been paying any attention to the Olympics. I don't know any of this. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why I know so much about the Olympics, but <laughs> I don't have cable. I haven't watched anything, but uh, apparently they're very exciting this year. Um, anyway, so my question for you. Would you rather win a bronze medal at the Olympics, but you were favored to win gold, or you don't medal at all, you come in like 40th, but everyone was shocked that you made it to the Olympics at all? Wow, I don't know what this says about me that I'm leaning towards the second one, but I am. (laughs) Tell me why. I, I really, really hate letting down expectations. Mm-hmm. I hate that feeling, you know? And having the expectation that you're going to get the gold medal, it just seems like too much pressure to me. It just seems like an amount of pressure that I would not deal well with to have the expectation that I'm not just good at this sport but I'm the best in the entire world at this sport. I don't really know how Olympic athletes put up with that, how they do that. And so to one, have the pressure of trying to be the best and then two, not live up to that expectation yeah. and like disappoint, not just myself and my team, but, but the, the entire, entire nation. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. know. It just seems a little like it would destroy me, <laughs> but If I never anticipated being that good at it, and then I kind of just was like, oh, I'm actually a little better at it than I thought, or I had a good day, and hey, isn't this exciting? I mean, I know this is not a good comparison, but you ever go into a movie with really high expectations? (laughs) Yes, I've done that. And, And then it's not quite as good as you think, and it's probably a fine movie, but it's just not as good as you thought it was going to be, so you kind of hate it. Versus if you go into a movie with the lowest of expectations and then somehow it's better than you expected, then in your mind, it's like the best movie ever. That's how I feel about this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm definitely with you. The whole feeling like you're going to disappoint someone is not great. Like, it's like, would you rather be pleasantly surprised or disappointed? Right. But the flip side of it is, in the first one, you actually do get on the podium. You yeah. do win a medal. You, you have that experience. You get to say that you're third best at something in the entire world. Entire world, yeah. And I'm wondering, does that call to you more than it clearly calls to me? Because <laughs> it doesn't call to me all that much. So my argument for taking the third place is like, 
you have like more leverage I feel like like if you ever want to coach that sport or if you ever like you could potentially qualify again but if you were just like lucky to qualify the first time it's not like you're going to be back in four years and like most likely at least you know like there's always next next time I guess I mean it depends on like the sport you're doing how old you are and stuff but like third place to me is probably enough to get a sponsor so you can really like double down yeah third place is still amazing I mean yeah it's it's still incredible you might be able to like finagle some like sponsorships and make some money off of it definitely more like brand recognition with the third place you you walk away with a medal like you can tell your grandkids about you and show them your medal you know right I don't know I am so competitive with myself, though, that if I truly right. believed that, like, I, if, like, the other, the other thing is, like, if you come in 40th or whatever, but you were never supposed to be there, like, you know you did your best, you yeah. know? But if you come in third and you're like, I've beat those other two girls before, it's like, I, it's not losing to other people, I lost myself, you know? Like, yeah. I lost to, like, I did, I just want to know I did my best, and so yeah. if I didn't do my best... That would hurt. Yeah, like I think about, I think about the reactions of some of the biggest athletes who have kind of flubbed at the Olympics before, and everyone's sort of shock and awe. All the announcers, their shock and dismay, and you know, everyone talking about how like the the United States' greatest hope, (laughs) but the language around it is not super helpful I just don't think I could fail at being the U.S.'s greatest hope at something yeah I I don't think I'd ever want to be their greatest hope at something to begin with (laughs) oh for sure I yeah it's just so hard because it's like I don't know from a practical standpoint it's like would you rather come in third or 40th yeah third (laughs) yeah also you're right if you're thinking of it as a career which part of this may just be that like Never have I ever thought of anything sports related and career in the same breath, the same thought. Yeah. I don't know. I I mean, I played softball pretty seriously as a kid. Um, and I like never cared whether or not my team won. Because like you can't control what other people's at bats look like. You can't control the But like I would stress about like if I struck out, I would stress about if I flubbed some sort of throw or something like that. It was always more important to me to like have a, have my perfect game as opposed to like the team win or lose. So I I think we might agree on this. I think I might go 40th because like also everyone's rooting for an underdog story. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's true. Rudy wasn't the best player on, on the Notre Dame team. We were just excited he got on, you know what I mean? So, yeah. like, maybe that's stupid and sentimental, but that's where I'm at right now. All right. Well, unfortunately, we agree with each other. We really should have not eaten for five hours before <laughs> the show. Um. Well, talking about eating, <laughs> uh, this is an interesting one that I think might pain you. Um, okay. How much would someone have to pay you? To complain about every restaurant meal you order, dine in or take out for a year. So if you're dining complain in, complain to whom? To the people who work there. So you <sighs> and 
a dine-in, you would have to send it back for some kind of modification. Takeout, you'd have to call them after you receive the food and tell them that you are un- unsatisfied with your meal. Wow. This is, okay, let me rephrase your question for you. <laughs> How much would someone have to pay you to not order any food or go to any restaurants for a year? Yeah. Because the other thing <laughs> wouldn't happen. Well, it doesn't like, I feel like you couldn't go to the same place twice, right? No. Like, you can't become the girl. They're going to start spitting in your food eventually. Like, Right. Well, and also, I don't even send stuff back when they truly did get my order wrong. I know, so. right? <laughs> yeah. The takeout so seems aggressive to me. Like, they can't do anything about it. Like, right. right. Like, the only, nor- like, in my life, if, if they fuck up a takeout order, I just don't order from them again, you know? Right. I don't, ex- like, what are they going to do? It's not like they can fix it. It's already in my home. Yeah, exactly. Or you might be able to, if it's, like, such a bad fuck up, if it's, like, the completely wrong food, you could maybe call them and just be like, you sent me the completely wrong food or something, but I wouldn't feel that bad about that, but... That's not what's happening here. They're no. sending you what you've ordered yeah. and you're complaining about it. Yeah. So how much would you have to pay me to not eat at restaurants for a year? Yeah. Basically. When mm-hmm. those first few months of uh, the COVID yeah. pandemic hit, I didn't eat out or order in because at the time we didn't really know what was safe, you know. So, so I went, you know, for four-ish months there without, with only preparing my own food. Yeah. And I can tell you, I did not love it. Yeah. And one of the reasons I did not love it was because I had a zillion dishes when I had constantly. to constantly cook for myself three meals a day. But I did it. And it ended up saving me quite a lot of money. That's true. So you'd be saving money. And on top of that, someone would be paying you money. So this is really yeah. a lucrative financial endeavor. I think I would do it for $100,000. Whoa, that's way more than I thought you would go for. Really? That's how much, I mean, I I feel like in the last year and a half, our, uh, no one paid me anything and I went to way less restaurants than I've I know, ever gone to before. I didn't like enjoy that <laughs> I didn't but it was free <laughs> like no one paid me to do that um I'm just trying to think like what would make it super worth my while to do that you're right I'm that's down like in like 30 grand I think you're right that's too much I don't think I'm as low as 30 grand let's say 50 grand because I think I you enjoy cooking and I hate cooking yeah I eat out multiple times a week, ideally. So this is a much bigger change of lifestyle yeah. for me than it is for you. Yeah, so I think I have some, like, privileges here that you don't. One being I like to cook, so it's, like, not as big of a thing. And two, uh, I live with a partner. Right. <laughs> so, right. like, he cooks sometimes. Also, I'm curious if there's, like, a loophole that if he orders the food, then I don't have to do that. You know, like, if he goes to a restaurant and picks up the food, what is the, do I, you know, 
if he just brings me food, do I have to complain? I feel like the spirit of the question is, yes, I would have to complain. Um, yeah, I think I think let's make it so that you have to complain. But you're right. There's another person to cook. There's another person to do dishes. Yeah. And they can and he can cook things that maybe you wouldn't normally cook. So it gives you some variety. I mean, the other problem with me is because one, I don't enjoy cooking and two, I'm not very good at it. I end up just eating the same things over and over. Yeah, it would just be a year of like my own bad cooking. <laughs> and if I didn't, I, I had to do it because of the pandemic. But if I didn't have to do it, I would want it to be worth my while, you know? Yeah. Um, I also have a, I have a dishwasher. So that, oh, <laughs> go away. So maybe I'm really at like 25 now. <laughs> yeah. Well, no wonder. And you're like shocked that I came in so high. I did come in too high, but I was just so not excited about the prospect. Yeah. To me, like it would be less than a year's salary. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So $50,000 is yeah. where I'll land. And, and like, I think because I have a lot of privileges that Hannah does not, I would come in around 25. Okay. And then I would also probably save like several grand on top of that from just like mm-hmm. not eating out, which would be nice. Would you accept the ability to play any instrument, just like a musical prodigy, you pick it up, you play it, if it meant you couldn't see color anymore? No. <laughs> Sorry, that was a, a, a strong gut reaction that I just had. Okay. Uh, I agree with you. So I was okay. hoping that maybe you would disagree with me. So I'm going to change it a little bit. Okay. Um, would you accept the ability to play any musical instrument? You're like a musical instrument prodigy if it meant you couldn't smell flowers anymore. Couldn't, sm- couldn't smell specifically flowers? Yeah. You can smell other things, but no, you okay. can't smell, like, all flowers just smell like nothing to you. Oh, hell yes. Oh, hell yes. I would. Tell me more. Well, I grew up playing musical instruments. I got decently good at the violin. I should have not played the violin. I should have played the guitar because the guitar you can accompany yourself on a guitar. <laughs> So if you wanted to be a, a singer-songwriter, which, you know, when I was younger, I had uh, delusions of doing mm-hmm. something like that, uh, then, yeah, I would have loved to be able to just sort of pick up other instruments that yeah. I, I could use to accompany myself. I'm imagining this would make me like Sarah Jarose. Do you know who that is? She's like no, a... I don't think so. Award-winning kind of folk bluegrass singer-songwriter slash musical prodigy. Okay, got Um, it. Yeah, and so... But she can smell flowers, right? She can smell flowers as far as I know. (laughs) But it's never come up in conversation with her. That one time she liked something I posted on Twitter. Wow, that's big. Congrats. I know. Yeah, it was a big get for me. Yeah, I mean, I could have a musical career, right? If I could play any instrument like a prodigy, yeah, I could have a musical career. And I would love that, even if it wasn't my actual career, even if it was just something I did for fun. I mean, I just love music. I enjoy playing it. I would, I would take that hands down. And flowers are nice, but it doesn't compare to the potential 
monetary slash musical slash artistic slash interpersonal rewards of the first option. Okay, so I think I disagree with you, and here's why. Um, I don't know how to play any instruments currently, so, like, I won't miss not being a, not, like, being a music prodigy won't, like, I won't miss that, because I'm not currently a music prodigy, (laughs) you know, like. Well, I'm not currently a music prodigy either, but I, I would know, I do have a sense of what it would be if I could just pick up any instrument and play it, and how it would benefit my life. And I do have the longing to be able to do something like that. Yeah, I guess I just don't have the longing where I'm like, I've never invested energy into music before. But have I invested energy into growing plants and flowers? Sure have. Um, (laughs) And do I have a lot of memories tied up into how hyacinth smell? Sure do. So. Yeah, but you can't, you're not making, you're not making any money. Let me just. This is the argument that I have to take with with Shelby, guys. You're not making any money off of being able to smell flowers, but you could make money off of being a musical prodigy. Uh, yeah, I will make no money from smelling flowers, probably. And there's lots of money to be made being a musical prodigy. However, I don't know. I'm just, like, not that motivated to be a musical prodigy I don't know like honestly maybe I am a musical prodigy but no one's ever put an instrument (laughs) in my hand and so we'll never know I'm just sitting on that talent odds are very low guys don't don't worry um I think you would have figured it out somehow right I mean you can't you can't be an unknown musical prodigy If you're a musical prodigy, you would just be able to sit down at a piano and just play it. You've never just sat down at a piano and tried to play some keys just for fun? Uh, Not really. Um, Or at least not like in any, probably not since I was a small, small child. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't, music is not as important to me as it is to the average bear, I think. The closest I've ever come to being a musical prodigy is one time my sister and I went into a dulcimer store. What's that? Well, hammer dulcimers are like stringed instruments that you play with like a little mallet, basically. Okay. And I walked in and I had never played a, a dulcimer before. And I played the Star Wars theme song perfectly. And my sister was like, do you know how to play the dulcimer? And I was like, no. That's weird. Good for you. Yeah. But I think it was just the world's biggest fluke because I can't just play any instrument. That is not a skill of mine. But I am going to just brag a little bit about the fact that I once played the dulcimer as if I knew how. I mean, that's really great. And I I really support your uh, fledgling dulcimer career. Uh... But... To, to your point, you don't even know what a dulcimer is, and therefore, this is one of the reasons why you don't care about being a musical prodigy. No. Um, yeah. I, don't, I also like, I don't know, I'm not a big music person, which is like, I don't hate music or anything. I don't, please don't at me, okay? Like, but I just feel like I'm not, like, there are a lot of people who are, like, very into music and, like creating playlists are very like therapeutic to them and like playing music's very important and stuff like that but like I don't know oh I know I will never ever ever forget 
how in the wedding episode, which I don't know was episode, I don't know, 22 or something, something like that. Like that yeah. How in the wedding episode, you said that for your wedding, you would play a Spotify playlist with commercials yeah. that you did not pick. Yeah, I, I stand by that. I would do that <laughs> to this day. I don't know why that's so upsetting to you. Um, it's the most upsetting thing you've ever said on the podcast. <laughs> I will say that the commercials is a bit cheap. Like, really, just, like, pay the 10 bucks for the month. Like, uh-huh. right. uh, but, yeah, I, I do. I stand by that. Um, some people play listen to music as an activity. And for me, music is always in the background. Yeah, I, I listen to music as an activity. I also grew up playing music with my family and going to music festivals and wishing that I, and and I was in a band at one point. So to me, music is also connection with people, you know, like it's a, it's a way to connect and spend time with people. Band. You know about this band and I'm not going to go into it. And you know that too. Oh, (laughs) I I was in a short-lived musical comedy duo, and that's all we're going to say. Okay. Uh, my brain didn't connect musical comedy duo with band. So <laughs> I thought you were in, like, a middle school garage band that I didn't I know I was about. in marching band in middle school and high school. Okay, but I thought you were in, like, an angsty girl rock band, and I wanted Got to it. hear more about that. And their inclusion of, like, the fiddle. <laughs> <laughs> hey, some really cool bands do that. Um, I know, and that, I'm assuming your middle school girl rock band with fiddle would have been really kick-ass, so. It would have been. It would have been. No, I mean, like, playing music with people is an artistic, uh, like, joy to me. So being able to play anything, you could sit down in any group of people and just play along, you know? That's so interesting. Musical endeavors are just a great source of anxiety and shame for me. Oh. So uh, I can't imagine. I guess maybe that's why I like, I'm like, nothing good has ever come to me in this area. So I'm not going to. Yeah, but if you were a prodigy, it would. Yeah, but I can't undo the trauma that, you know. <laughs> by elementary school choir teacher uh, drilled into my head. So I can't. All right. Yeah. I don't think so. Also, just like I really like flowers and I really like plants and stuff. Um, And like, I don't know, nothing like the smell of like fresh lemon blossoms. Unparalleled. The smell of like fresh hyacinth that you've grown from bulb. Like, that kind of, that to me is just, like, a huge accomplishment and just, like, really speaks to my soul. Hyacinth, like, grew wild in my backyard and, like, smelling them instantly takes me back to, like, spring days when I was a kid. Like, it is just, like, transportative to me. Wow. Yeah, I got none of that. I mean, I like flowers, but it's not. I also kill plants a lot. The smell of marigolds reminds me of my grandmother teaching me how to plant flowers for the first time when I was eight years old because she taught me how to grow marigolds in my backyard. Just like 
a lot of like good memories. That's lovely, but you can still remember those memories <laughs> even without the plants. Yeah, but like and then you can write a song in you know to commemorate your grandmother. Yeah, would they say that like like smell is like the biggest like memory trigger, you know, out of all of your senses. Yeah. There's something about smelling those flowers that just like instantly like makes me remember details of those moments that I don't think I would remember. All right. Well, I think we can uh we can safely disagree yeah. on this. So, we're going to we're going to switch things up a little bit this week. And instead of a would you still go out with them, it's a would you still befriend them? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. I'll befriend anybody. This got to be pretty low. <laughs> this person got to be pretty bad. But will you befriend anyone, though? Depends on your definition of friend, I guess. Yeah. So we'll we'll dive into that. Um, so you have a coworker who sits next to you and is super competent, helpful, and friendly. They have similar interests and are always backing you up on meetings. Their meme game is fire. They invite you out to get drinks one night, and they spend the whole night trying to wingman you by randomly bringing men over to talk to you. Um, with, like, very, like, just being like, talk to Hannah, and then leaving. Uh-huh. Uh, and then when that man walks away, she goes and gets another one, and is just like, <laughs> pulling men in to talk to you constantly um she does not confirm that this is okay with you uh, oh <laughs> she just starts doing it um would you continue to nurture this friendship that's very interesting question because it's quite multi-layered yeah because the fact that they're a co-worker incentivizes me to make this friendship work because if it was somebody that I didn't have to see every day I could kind of slowly let things fade if this became a problem between us or I could just not not go out with them in certain ways you know Mm -hmm. but the fact that they're a co-worker and I'm still going to see them every day and I still want to have a good working relationship with them incentivizes me to want to continue to have a good friendship with them as well. And not only that, but you don't have to like go out to bars with your coworker. So I think there would be a way to still befriend them without necessarily being like, yeah, but let's go to the club, you know, like I would yeah. just be like, Hey, let's go to yoga. <laughs> I would find, I think I would find other activities to do. But okay. I think I would still be their friend, even though I will say that is such a cringy, that is such a cringy thing. And I have, that has happened to me before. Oh my God, really? Yeah. Who yeah. did that to you? <laughs> you don't have to name any names. I'm so sorry that happened to you. Uh, let's just say there was a night when more than once somebody tried to like hook me up with a guy who then was clearly not interested Mm -hmm. and it was so uncomfortable and cringy that I ended up crying on the train platform that evening (laughs) see that's how I 
when I wrote this question, I was like, this would be so uncomfortable. Yeah. And the fact that they're not picking up on the social cues that this is not what I came here for. Like, the idea is, like, you don't really know this person super well. And so you've mm-hmm. come here to try to figure out whether or not, like, you're more than just, like, work pals. You know, like, right. can this be a real friendship? Or are you just, like, my alliance <laughs> in right. the workplace? Right. Um. And for them to do this thing where it, like, because also they're, like, setting you up with men. One, to me, that indicates that they think having a man in your life is, like, of the utmost importance. And, like, that is a little, like, gross to me, you know? And, like, it also makes me feel like they're not that genuine about wanting to get to know me, right? Like. That's true. They just, they spent the whole night not getting to know you and it's not Yeah, they spent the whole Yeah, they spent the whole night trying to get me a man instead of, like, building a rapport with me, which shows me where their priorities are, which, like, are not aligned with mine. And it also makes me feel like they pity me in some way or that they think I need help. I'm not sure if I would make it so much about me, like, that they pity me. And it might just be about them. Some people really, really like They think it's fun to play wingman. And so when they get the opportunity, they think it's like, it's so great. Like they can be super helpful and they take pride in the fact that they're such a good wingman. And you know what I mean? Have you run across people like this before? I I mean, you're right that it's probably not about me and it's more about like either their need to be a fixer or their need to be helpful or like they think that's how they gain their worth in their relationships. But it would be so off-putting to me. Yeah. Uh, Like, I would be really not pleased. It it also kind of depends. I mean, truthfully for me, it kind of depends. Did they notice me looking at a guy who I actually thought was really cute? And did they set me up with him kind of as a favor? Like, I'll take one for the team because you actually think this guy is cute. And did I enjoy talking to the guy and the guy didn't just like walk away without interest? Or was it her dragging some uninterested guy over to me that like clearly doesn't want to be there? And then I have to make awkward small talk with him when it's clear neither of us wants to be there. And then she keeps doing it over and over. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it. In the question, it means it's happening over and over, which, like, I have never been to a bar where I thought more than one man was attractive in the bar. Uh, (laughs) Well, I've never been in a bar where more than one man has wanted to talk to me, so... Same. Honest, like, same. So, like, the idea that I am having to, like, make awkward small talk with stranger, like, men, and I probably am not, like on my A-game, right? Like, I didn't go there to talk to men, so I'm probably not wearing makeup. I'm probably not, like, feeling my best. Like, that's not the headspace I'm in right now. And now I feel like I've been plunged into a situation that I never, like, I didn't intend for. Um, And I don't know any more about you than, like, you're the person I came here to learn about. Yeah. Um, It's just such a wild move to also, like, not get my, it would be one thing if she was, like, it's like the lack of consent, right? Like you haven't talked about this. She just starts doing it. Yeah. And like that is because again, if I reading your social cues. Right, exactly. So even if she has the best of intentions, she's showing me like her values are misaligned with my own and she can't read social cues. And that is a big red flag to me. Yeah. I'm also very hesitant to like have 
deep friendships with coworkers because it's just like, well, here's where we get into what's your definition of friend, right? Because I don't, I don't know that your coworker friend has to be the person that you tell all your deepest, darkest secrets to your coworker friend can just be somebody that you play board games with and have enjoyed spending time with them, you know? Yeah, I just think that like, she's already shown me kind of a lack of boundaries. You know, like the idea that she's trying to set up her coworker with random dudes in a bar. To me says she doesn't have very good boundaries. So that to me, like makes me really nervous and feels like she would push for like, more, I guess from me than I would be uncomfortable giving. So I to me like the safest option is just to like relegate her back to coworker yeah. and be like we can have like fun and friendly conversations at work, but I am no longer spending time with you in my personal time unless it's like a team activity where like everyone is going or something like that. See, I think my tactic would be a little different. I think I would still hang out with her outside of work. I just wouldn't put us in situations where she could be trying to set me up with men. You know, it would be coffee dates. It would be let's go get gelato. It would be it would be let's go do some activity together. You know, let's have a board game night. It, it just wouldn't be um, places where she could be my wingman to put me in that situation again. And then... If we tried doing other activities and she displayed other lack of boundaries and kept sort of ignoring my social cues in other situations as well, then she would be relegated back to coworker. I just have enough friends. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so do I. Yeah, no, I, I really just like think that I'm like at a place in my life where it's like, you're not like it's not a three strikes you're out situation it's like a one strike you're out situation where it's like I just don't need to be investing my energy into people who I have to teach how to treat me you know isn't it funny that our approach to this is the same as our approach to would you still go out with oh yeah I mean we're we're just exactly we're just consistent people man yeah absolutely yeah I'm just like not interested in this I this to me I don't know I because I when I had the idea to like do a would you still befriend I was like this is hard because like what can someone do where I'm like I will not be your friend (laughs) right yeah I mean this is cringy but it doesn't show me what it shows is like a a, like a over eagerness and maybe a lack of boundaries and sort of not understanding what I'm all about yet. But it doesn't, to me, like show me that we're just, we're just completely incompatible as people. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I, I couldn't do it. It would just make me so uncomfortable. And I also feel like I wouldn't know how to like, explain to her why I was uncomfortable. You know, like I would feel just so deeply uncomfortable. But wouldn't you also feel uncomfortable if then you went back into work with this person that you sat next to and she kept asking you to go out and you kept always saying no? I mean, I guess it depends on how persistent she was about hanging out with me again. She's Michael Scott. (laughs) Well, if she's Michael Michael Scott, I don't want to be friends with her anyway. No, no, no. That was a joke. But you know how he's always asking Jim 
are you available and they're never available right yeah like just imagine she keeps saying like we should do this we should do that because she had fun that night and then you have to be like I'm not interested in hanging out with you outside of work I would not say that I would just be very busy (laughs) I would just be like oh I'm so sorry I have other plans what if she says okay so when in the next three weeks are you not busy I would either be like, you know, the, this next few weeks are really crazy for me. Can I let you know if, like, anything moves around? Or can we, like, can we, can I, like, get back to you at X, Y, Z time? And then I never might, do. And then never do. Like, the same way I lose, like, shake off any other friend, you know, that I don't <laughs> want to hang out with, you know. Uh, I, you know, or I would, like. I don't miss I would be like oh I have a my or like pick a day and be like oh I'm so sorry I have a migraine or like oh yeah that sounds so fun we should invite the whole team and like you know yeah that just like and eventually she'll get it you're so good at this can I bring you with me next time I need to shake off a friend please I need you to help me yeah I mean I'm not great at I mean I guess I'm not great at it I don't think you just spitballed like eight strategies though and I was having trouble coming up with one so (laughs) I mean I get it's all about just like I do feel like kind of racked with guilt after I do things like that but like no I get it true enough I also think I am really busy so like often it's not a lie but it's like how yeah. willing am I to move around other stuff and prioritize? But I'm just not going to prioritize her over anything, you know? Yeah. Um, so the difference between you and me is like, if you said I'm busy every night for the next three weeks, in your case, it could very conceivably be true. Yeah. <laughs> in my case, it would not be. Yeah. But they don't know that necessarily. Yeah, that's true. Also, when I tell people I'm busy, sometimes that means I have scheduled a day for myself to not have to talk to anybody. And I count that as busy. <laughs> That is busy. That's what I mean. Is like I'm not available means I don't have any energy available to you and to her. Right. That is true. Right. So, and like maybe you know three months after we had that horrific drinks thing, and she's done a lot of nice things at the office where I, like she won back some of my favor. Maybe I would be like, hey, do you want to go grab lunch? Yeah. Sometime. Maybe I would like give her another audition for friendship but in that moment I would relegate her back to co-worker and she would have to like earn back the opportunity to audition for friend god I would not give her a call back (laughs) she would have to audition for next season uh okay yeah well I think that she would get a call back but if she messed up that call back then she'd be out so yeah different strategies different for sure different strategies Okay, uh, so our uh, we have one last game, which oh, I think okay. will be fun. Um, so you have to tell me whether or not the synopsis I read you is a real Hallmark movie or something <laughs> I made up. Okay. <laughs> I'm here for it. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Uh, the first synopsis is for Tacos for Two. A recently divorced lawyer finds herself jobless and, and in need of cash after her ex's false accusations. So her ex, her ex-husband has made false accusations to the bar, so she can't practice law for the moment. Uh, and is like, they're splitting all their assets, so she's, she needs money. 
So she takes a job at a Mexican restaurant, and dur- and while she's there, she learns how to make tacos and heal her heart. So the only reason I'm I'm thinking you might have made this up is because I'm your audience and you know how much I love tacos. But you lots also of people just, like tacos. <laughs> you also could have just chosen it because you know I like tacos. That's true. Um, I'm gonna say you came up with that one because it's almost not crazy enough to be a Hallmark movie. You're right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. So you read me like a book. Uh, I definitely know that you like tacos. And I also just love the idea of like a woman like just reinventing herself and like yeah. tacos bringing her to joy. You know, just like. Also, Tacos for Two is a title that should be a movie. Thank it you. It should be made. I like thank this you. game. This is fun. Do it again. <laughs> okay. Uh, the next one is called The Cabin. So two families one with a single mom and one with a single dad, are forced to stay in the same cabin after a clerical error at MacFest. MacFest is a festival for families with the last name that starts with Mac. It's in Scotland. Obviously. Um, yeah, obviously. of course it is. <laughs> so, so both of these families, last name McDougal. Okay. Um, and because of that, there was a clerical error. They ended up in the same cabin at MacFest. And during the festival, the parents fall in love. Oh, I don't know. You <laughs> could have made that up. Did I make it up because you like Scotland? Or did right. I pick it because you like Scotland? <laughs> yeah, did you make it up or did you pick up because I like Scotland so much? Oh, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's conceivable that you made it up. I do like the detail of MacFest a yeah. lot. Yeah. And that is the kind of thing that you would know. But I'm going to guess it's a real Hallmark movie. It is a real Hallmark movie. <laughs> yes. Hannah Bennett. Two for two. Wow. <laughs> I don't know if you're really good at this or if I'm just bad at this. But I think I'm really good at it. <laughs> and you okay. are also really good at it. Um, The third movie is called La Femme Mousquetière. And it is following the daughter of one of the three musketeers who has taken over the mantle of the ship. Ooh. That's it? No more details? Yeah, that's it. That's not enough for me to work with. (laughs) People are mad that there's a woman captain. And so it's her fighting off a mutiny. I think you made this up. Because it sounds too interesting for a Hallmark movie. I did not make this up. This is a real Hallmark movie. I have have underestimated what Hallmark is capable of. Because to me, that sounded like an actually decent movie. Potentially the most feminist movie that that, uh, Hallmark has ever made. Yeah, it really threw me for a loop. It did sound more like something you would be writing. Yeah. Um... This is our last one. So let's see if you can redeem yourself. Um, It's called Melt My Heart. So a formerly world-renowned, like, marble sculptor uh, has found herself in, like, bad money trouble. She needs to make a quick buck, so she enters an ice sculpture contest in the Christmas capital of New England. 
Uh, while she's there, she meets another contestant who s- makes her see the beauty in ice sculpting and more. I've lost all my confidence now. <laughs> I just, I got one wrong and now I'm questioning everything I thought I knew. Okay. A, a renowned sculptor. Yeah. Turns ice sculptor. Yeah. In the Christmas capital of New England. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why. I'm just going to go with my gut and say it's real. It's not. I mean, it's not. Okay. (laughs) I thought, I was like, she wouldn't do two and two, right? That's what she did. (laughs) Um, That's so funny. I didn't, for a second, I forgot if I had made that one up. But I did make that one up. So if any executives, development executives from Hallmark are listening, you know, feel free to slide into my DMs. I clearly yeah. have a lot of ideas. So maybe we could collab. It sounds like they've got some people, like they've got some good people on their team now, though, with this Three Musketeers movie, this female yeah. Musketeers movie. Um, if you had to star in one of these four Hallmark movies... Tacos oh, for two, the cabin, La Femme Mousquetier, or Melt My Heart. What would you pick? I mean, La Femme Mousquetier. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What about you? You know, it's hard to say. I kind of like the Mac one too, just because, like, I do want to go to Scotland. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say they're probably. Fi- I mean, if you are La Femme Mousquetier, they're filming on the ocean. I mean, worth it. Although- <laughs> I want to be a badass. If I'm going to be in the movie, I want to be a badass. That's fair. Um, I think I'm picking La Femme Musketeer as well, just because it would be fun to do all the stunts. And like, I'm imagining her swinging from bow to bow and stuff. Yeah. Swashbuckling. The cabin is probably second place because I would like to go to Scotland. And then tacos for two, because I would assume I would get to eat tacos. Hopefully. Otherwise, what is the point? Yeah. Um, And that's all of the questions that I had for you today. So can you tell me about your hypothetical world? My hypothetical world? um, Well, well, I'm an an actress in La Femme Musketeer, which probably means that I was a fencing champion in the Olympics, right? Yep, probably. Because I'm swashbuckling. And so, uh, you know, really, I just do it as an actress and a stunt woman, but I yeah. apparently also was just good enough to make the Olympics, which was a Surprising. nice surprise. Really and, well-rounded. Yeah. So I'm celebrating that with my wife, Amy Poehler. Yeah. And Maya Rudolph on the side. Yeah. Also, side it was me. really good timing to not eat at restaurants because it really helped you get into Olympic shape. Yeah. Yeah. And you're a musical prodigy. Right, which goes hand in hand with the being an actress and Olympian. Obviously, I'm also a musical prodigy. And you're sort of friends with your coworker, who must be like some actress, other actress. Which kind of makes the whole wingmanning you really hard make more sense. But that is how I met Maya Rudolph, so... Wow, it really all came together for you. I feel like, once again, your hypothetical world is better than mine. Why? What happened to yours? (laughs) Well, it's pretty similar. I'm an actress and Olympian, 
but uh, I'm not friends with that coworker anymore, and I'm not a musical prodigy. I can just smell flowers, uh, and I got less money than you did for not eating at restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> But I am also married to Amy Poehler, uh, but Kate McKinnon. Still a good lie. Chef's kiss. Uh, yeah. Overall, this was a happier episode. There were no, yeah. like, terrible choose-betweens, really. Right. Yeah. So we'll have to bring some of that back next week. Yeah, but, for sure. Uh, until then, I want to thank you all so much for joining us this week. Um, I want to encourage you that if you liked what you heard to uh, follow us on Instagram at arguments about nothing. If you have questions you'd like to ask us, we would love to ask them on the show. So please email us at arguments about nothing at gmail.com. And we'd like to thank Allison Fields for designing our logo. And until next time, keep fighting. <laughs>